here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to the Dharmic Evolution. So glad you're here. And I've got some special news. I am hosting a workshop. Yes, my first workshop. It's a long time coming. It is is to help people with my coaching platform. And this is called the Uncovering Your Purpose Workshop. Give thanks for what you have. And it's so appropriate because it's this coming Monday, November 21st at 7 p.m. via Zoom. And the link is in the show notes. It's limited seating, so click it, join me for one hour, and I'm going to show you what it's all about to uncover your purpose because very few people even know what their purpose in life is. So I'm excited to see you there. All right, let's get to it. Who's our guest today? Man, I've got a stunner for you. This young man, unbelievable violinist, and he's just, he's all about music in every sense of the word. Entertainment, he's about dance, he's about movement, and he has played since he's been about two years old. And he's an improv, he's played at Madison Square Garden, Hammerstein Hall, Lincoln Center, the Jacob Javits Center, across four continents. He's been featured on PBS, CNN, WABC, and NBC and New York Post. He's done events for Google, Nickelodeon, TNT, National Geographic, and on the list goes. And he also performs as a DJ violinist. There's no limit to the creative musical world of this man. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. We're going to take a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from the Music City to New York to hang out with Asher Lau. Asher, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you for having me. Um, such a um, unique and unusual artist. Um, they don't come around like you every day, my friend. Uh, I was kind of blown away when I dug in and saw what you're up to. Um, really amazing. And, um, you know, for folks who don't know about Asher, all of the links, of course, will be in the show notes to check out everything he is and what he does and where he's been, what he's up to. And we're already connected on Facebook and Instagram, but um, that's just the beginning. So um, to start off, uh, I want to ask you about, now, as a violinist, you had an injury uh, back in 2014 that took you off of your path um, as an artist, I would think, and um, or at least as a violin player. Can you tell us what happened and... Um, and how that transformed things for you and put put you in a different yeah, space. Yeah, I mean, at this point, my listeners are probably bored to death of uh, the story because I've just pretty much, you know, I've spilled spilled my guts uh, for the last year or so about it. But um, I do I do sort of use it as a platform uh, to kind of convey important messages about you know health and uh, self valuing self and uh, your own person's time and not driving yourself to the brink, but. Uh, I, in a nutshell, I, you know, I sort of was predisposed to a state of adrenal insufficiency prior to that, um, as I was diagnosed with inflammatory disorder. And, uh, but uh, I think it was around 2014, like you mentioned that I, uh, I, I, I pretty much landed in a wheelchair due to adrenal insufficiency, not enough cortisol, uh, production, um, in my, my adrenal glands and, 
and uh, almost lost everything. Uh, it was many months of recovery. I wasn't supposed to actually recover, according to a number of physicians. And I was just like on a permanent dosage of Cortef. And when I when I got up, I pretty much hit the ground running, career-wise, and uh, feel very fortunate every day for the strength to to really uh, live my life to its fullest and in its most meaningful uh, way that I could possibly imagine doing. So was was there any uh, like shock event that caused this or was ju- it just came on suddenly with, with no warning? Um, there, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I, I actually kept a diary at a point um, and I actually have to dig that up. I'd be, I'd be interested to see the chronology of everything because that's what it took to kind of get out of that state. But, um, it, you know, it, it was it, it was gradual and then it was sort of sudden. So uh, I guess that's all I can really say. I'm, I, you know, I think I think it was kind of boiled down to a combination of genetic predisposition and then nutritional imbalance. Uh, you know, if you're kind of eating foods that are inflammatory and then and then eating eating too much of a certain type of macronutrient that could lead to complications. Uh, there are a lot of different, uh, you know, explanations as to what might have might have instigated it. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't I can't say that there was like like somebody punched me in the face and then I developed I woke up the next day with adrenal insufficiency. It just right. It just uh, suddenly happened, yeah. It's so pretty scary. So on your road to recovery, is it is it something that you designed yourself to help you mitigate this problem, um, or were you just under we under a doctor's care that that developed a, a special diet? How did you? Because you were in a wheelchair. That's pretty severe. Like um, I mean, all of a sudden, that's pretty scary. Yeah, uh, it was pretty scary. Um, so I, I mean, I could talk about the medical details. Uh, the only thing is, I don't want to mislead people or fans or anything like that about what works, what doesn't work, because I'm I'm not serving as a practitioner. Although I happen to have a nursing degree from NYU, <laughs> but uh, I I don't um, I I don't want to I don't want to I want to sort of advocate music as opposed to certain medical modalities i'm not really quite there yet but but there i i had been seeing physicians at that point obviously um to assess you know my blood work and saliva tests and nutritional status and stuff like that let's talk music then sure (laughs) so violin and and i i want to go into some of the things you did with the violin and by the way, my compliments on the prayer. I checked that out. You performed that on YouTube. That was really killer. What a song and what a performance. And also, uh, uh, am I pronouncing this right? Uh, she- Shaharadez. Uh, Shaharazad. Oh, Shaharazad? Shaharazad. That's it. Yeah. yeah. On, a, on a violin from 1782. You just put that up on your Instagram account. That, that yeah, so, yeah. What about that you violin? Know. What's going on with that? 1782. Is that yours? Or was it in a no, shop? No, I wish. I wish. It's um, like, wow. Yeah, they, they, like, they like when I showcase uh, just different instruments, uh, historical instruments, or, you know, when I'm at, at the at uh you know the violin shop there in long island so i i didn't i just i just kind of come up with the first song off off the top of my head just to sort of showcase this the 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 beauty of the instrument and those uh i love those strings you know it's like you can have stradivarius with uh 
crappy strings, it's not going to sound the same as if you have, uh, you know, the yeah, higher ends. Um, but uh, I don't know, it just, just has a natural resonance. Uh, it's surprisingly pretty cheap uh, considering it's 1782, a piece of, well, it was like 32000 dollars you know stuff like wow. that you'd expect to go for like a couple hundred yeah so, <laughs> if you're around the store you know guys check out bob murphy's and tell them asher sent you there you go bob murphy come and get it man i don't think they're paying me a commission for this no i don't think so either i just uh, like that man. <laughs> so um so what attracted you to go to violin when you first started you know realizing you had this musical spirit um, you, you were really young when you first started, but, but did somebody put one in your hand and say, hey, try this out? Or did you just resonate with it at some, some performance you saw? How did it like get into your life? <clears throat> well, the performance that I saw <clears throat> was uh, my oldest brother, in the words of my mom, who is uh, five years older than me, five and a half years older. And uh, he's, he's you know super talented. He was playing concertos at a young age, and I was only two. I said, "Mommy, I want to play that." So that's what she—that's what she says. I—I I, I don't know if I actually chose the instrument, or if my mom just wanted me to do it. But um, kind You're of too young, you know. You went weren't even straight, walking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went straight from the margarine box, uh, you know, with rubber band serving as strings to tiny Suzuki violins, and kind of progressed. They grew as I grew um, until I hit the full size violin. And uh, yeah, it's just been been playing violin my whole life. Let's um, why don't we give everybody a, a taste of what this is all about? This is called Neon Dreams.
Wow. We got we got a little bit of everything in there. That was, I mean, very, very cool. I'm hearing dub, hip-hop, grime, broken beat, um, you know, shades of uh, all kinds of different things. It's, it's such an eclectic mix of sound. Uh, very, very cool. So how did the inspiration for this one come together? Um, I guess what, the melody just sort of stuck, you know, it was just something that it just, I, I, you're testing stuff out in the studios and, and, uh, you know, you just, I, you hear the right melody, you try out a bunch of, bunch of melodies and, and the best one sticks. And, but, but I did sort of have like a goal in terms of the structure of the song is, uh, I was trying to merge, trying to merge the past with the present classical with EDM, um, electronic, um, kind of give people a taste who only uh, today who only listen to edm of the value of classical and uh instrumentation beauty of instrumentation which is very much the minority of of uh you know just productions out there you don't have major labels pushing instrument instrumentals um and i also kind of wanted to attract classical musicians uh to uh you know more modern electronic music sort of uh provide a blend uh, of of you know what it means to kind of do crossover over instrumentation. Uh, I don't think that's the word, but crossover violinist is what what you typically call it. Yeah, uh, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah, very very intense. How do you put your music together? Um, like obviously it starts with melody with you, but um, when you work in the studio, any specific process? Like, do you have a bunch of people that you're working with? How does it how does it all come together to get that sound? Yeah, so because I'm producing so frequently, um, I mean, my, my output is, it's kind of exhausting when you think about it. I, I guess there's always people who are producing more uh, than I am, but uh, I mean, I, I, I'm using my DAW um, and I'm trying to produce everything as much as possible independent of other people because I can't constantly wait on other musicians. Right. So I do use MIDI's and, um, you know, the focus is on my violin. So I'm always there to just record and re-record whether it's the middle of the night and I have an idea or the middle of the day. And, uh, so yeah, the MIDI's, my DAW, um, my, my home, my home studio, it's always here. And, uh, I don't, I'm trying to, Try to think. Oh, I have a an, uh, universal audio, um, you know, preamp and uh, a bunch of plugins. Uh, I don't know if that's at all useful or helpful to your listeners, but uh, this little mic here is my studio mic. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you can do now with you know working in your own studio. You know, the quality is is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like what you can put together. Now, having said what I said. Um, I do work with producers of different parts, uh, you know, the country. Like, if somebody really interesting comes along, like a singer in Seattle, I'm working with, uh, hopefully producing, releasing a, um, a, a song very soon, and then somebody from LA, another singer. So these these songs sit on the back burner until they're actually ready for release and contracts are signed. Work with uh, like Dreaming Awake was was produced uh, w- w- a, an amazing producer in, in Germany. Um, so I do do I do work with uh, other producers as well and other musicians when the opportunity arises so now do you do you also um write um songs with lyrics and and do that also and then produce artists yeah so so i do produce i i i am moving towards trying to produce more artists um as more of a producer and 
I can't say less of a performer because I'm a performer full time. I do like at least 200 events a year uh, live, but I'm trying to shift a little bit more into the production realm. Although I've always been in the production realm, I'm just trying to do more of it. Uh, kind of because my interest is more in like concert uh, settings uh, as opposed to just like private venues, that type of stuff. Right. Um, but I digress a little. Um, the blah, 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 blah. I, I just lost myself there. <laughs> um, the so I'm surprised. I'm surprised yeah. that you know I didn't know you had this um, other avenue, which is which is just great. I'm so glad to hear this because um, you're another resource for me <laughs> for the things I do. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for like singers and uh, storytellers and so forth, in integrating your vocals, um, lyrics, yeah, all of your electricity, um, you know, into you know somebody else's wor world. That's really really fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to answer the vocalist part, so, you know, for instance, this one singer on Seattle, I, I can't re release the name yet uh, until it's actually published. Um, I, I wrote one version of a song that I produced in full just because I want it just easy easy for the collaboration to happen. Right. Um, just have her record vocals. And she's like, you know, I'd like to I'd like to make it my own. So I was like, no problem. So she recorded her own vocals um, to her own lyrics. So she removed my lyrics. So I was like, cool. And I love the way it sounded. Uh, I was flexible. I just we kept my production. I mix mastered it, and and you know she 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 likes it. So in that sense, to answer your question, um, uh, you know I'm I'm flexible in that regard. You know I try to write lyrics to songs, but I also invite other artists that I collaborate who are singers, for instance, to write their own lyrics. Right. Great. Very very cool. Um, when you realized you were really serious about the violin. How did you come up with the idea of, and we'll get into a little bit more of what you do um, live, but did you conceptualize what you're doing right now or was it a process that grew? Because I saw some of your videos, you're doing, you're doing these outrageous dance moves and, uh, uh, you know, uh, all, all this, you know, it's unbelievable acrobatic stuff. And I see you've got like a custom uh, like strap that holds, you know, the shoulder guard and, you know, keeps you all together without losing your, while you're doing like one handed, you know, flips with your, with your one hand on the violin yeah. and the others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that was, that was where my passion really started. Um, I started doing the crazy dance moves with, with break dancers, uh, once I got better. Um, and then like over a number of years, like it just became so, um, it, it became a lot for me to, to manage the dancers uh, and just like navigating other people's song requests around my core doing choreography with the violin. Yeah. The amount of prep work in a 15 minute performance uh, is insane because yeah. um, 15 minute song, easy for me to prepare uh, 15 minute medley, 15 minute medley plus dance moves plus uh synchronizing with dancers so that it looks good is like hours yeah so i kind of like i ramped up my prices to the point where you know i i just not look i i would bring it on a tour with me yeah but for private events i'm like you know you got to pay the price kind of thing it's so that's i don't know why i've just mentioned that in this context like i, I think i'm just i'm being honest with people that i had a, a big passion for it yeah, and I still kind of do it, but I do it a little less frequently because of the just the burden of uh, the whole production. 
Yeah, it takes a lot of a uh, lot of horsepower out of your your week. You know, just to to pour all of that into you know, you're probably looking at saying, well, I could have done all these other projects in the time that you know I spent on that. So I so I definitely feel you on that. Yeah, and everybody wants to hear their own songs. Like if it's a, if it's a private client, they're like, okay, we want this list of songs, and it's like you know. I'll do it if I have the same set of songs for like a month long tour. Um, right. Other than that, it's like, you know. So you're in you're in New York, right? And yeah. where are you then? Yeah, I'm in New Jersey right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, I, I can practically see you from here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so where are you? Like lately, are you um, are you doing like short tours, or are you doing a whole mix of different things, or do you go out on the road for a long period of time? How is your your life right now as far as you know managing all that yeah so um so there are periods where i do like do tours like um like mini tours like i'll go to maui for for like a week or uh, la <clears throat> texas florida you know all over the country different parts um but uh, i have just because of, like the uh you know just the challenges of having balancing a family and and production and and then just live performances i kind of limited to one or two events at a time um or one or two concerts at a time uh, at the moment and uh you know think things are always changing but that's at the moment what's going on uh in my in terms of my performance uh schedule but i'm always doing live performances and i and i'm always doing concerts but they're kind of not on a predictable schedule Just a reminder, this coming Monday night, November 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, join me via Zoom, the Uncovering Your Purpose Workshop. Give thanks for what you have. The link is in the show notes. Let's get right back to Asher's story. I heard some little ones. How many kids do you have? Two. How old are they? Uh, So I have a uh, three-year-old and a 10-year-old. Awesome. What are their names? Oh, so uh, Dolly and Levi are, uh, you know, biggest blessings in my life. I could possibly, uh, I I could ever have hoped for. Literally, that is my life's work. Um, My career doesn't even touch, doesn't even touch what what I've I've been able to do with my kids. So I heard you say Don and Levi, Uh, Adalia, Adalia. Yeah. Wow. What what is it? How do you spell this? A D E L I A, Adalia. Um, like the dial of the flower. Oh, mm. gotcha. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they are priceless, are they not? <laughs> uh, yeah. You have any kids? Yeah. Yeah. I've got two boys and, uh, I got, I got three grandkids now. Two. Amazing. Two, two boys and a girl. How yeah. does that feel? Oh, it's, they're, they're insane. They're so, they're so talented. So much fun. I mean, they're just crazy, oh, yeah. you know, but it's like, it's, it's so funny as a musician, like going through the years, um, you know, nothing ever changes. It's like. It just gets better all the time because I always used to think every age was the best age. And then, you know, it was great. Teenage is a little bit of a rough time in the early teens. But as they get older, it's like you, you get to do cool stuff with them, you know, go on trips and go out for a beer and a sandwich or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it, it just never gets it never gets stagnant. It's just amazing, you know. Yeah. Is there anything better than having kids and grandkids? No, no nothing no, touches just, it, right? Yeah. There's nothing more rewarding. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's fabulous, it really. Is. Honestly, I, I'm a little sad for like all this, all the just the hardworking folks out there. They they end up kind of uh, losing their their window of opportunity to have kids because they're just like working themselves into the ground for their career, and then it's like, yeah, yeah I guess there's always in vitro, but it's it's like sort of a lost opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah, 
It is, yeah, it is tough. Uh, I mean, somebody close to me uh, had that and ended up with two amazing daughters uh, with getting the in vitro. So, uh, yeah, so, so God has a way of, um, you know, if you ask him, he'll do things for you. So um, now also, while we're talking about kids, you also um, get into teaching um, kids in certain neighborhoods. Um, you go, you've gone and helped them as far as teaching them music. Is that, that, do I have that correct? Oh, yeah, that was a number of years ago. Um, I set up a program while I was a teacher in the DOE. And uh, that was uh, that was really was a I have good good memories really meaningful to me because uh, yeah, it was and it was <clears throat> excuse me in a, a under resourced neighborhood in South Bronx and you know these kids they don't really have deep education in music they don't have you know the support from their family and and the resources in the community so um, yeah I, th- I thought it was important just as as a professional musician to kind of bring that in into their lives. And, uh, it was nice. I, I wish it was like a larger, longer term, um, production, but you know, we got some, some funding from Sam Ash and equipment that was delivered from them with their generosity, um, drum sets, keyboards, stuff like that. And it was pretty cool because they wouldn't have otherwise had access to these instruments and to that, you know, musical, uh, experience. <clears throat> yeah. You know, the fact that you're doing that is amazing because I know, um, I know, you know, when somebody has a first experience with music, um, it often stays with them forever, you know. And it's like that one one little thing that that happens. Somebody brought it in. I remember I was, I think my older son he he was involved in Cub Scouts, so I volunteered and I was helping. So all the fathers had to do something, you know, to bring in a project or something. So I said, all right, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna teach these guys how to write a song. And they went, what? We don't know how to do that. I said, well, you don't have to know. And so I brought my DX7 or guitars, a bass. I brought everything into this basement, just church basement. And um, and they ju- we just went around the table and we wrote a song. And they ended up, this was when hip-hop was just starting to break out and, you know, uh, rap and everything. And they ah. ended up, you know, choreographing the thing and doing it up on stage. Well, several of those kids turned into kick-ass musicians really? um and it's just i don't know it was if it was from that experience but it's always mm. something you know it's always some little thing that somebody does for you where you pick it up and you go and for me it was i saw this garage band they were horrible but i didn't know that i thought it was oh my god look at that guitars and drums and every everything was so cool looking and sounding wow. you know and so i think you know by you doing that um you probably influence more kids than, than you'll ever know that who, who knows where they're going to end up and what they're going to end up creating, you know? I guess it could have a domino effect. Uh, you know, I, I did encounter, you know, some of my, my older students a few years later uh, at some, some events I did. Like one of them was at uh, Saints and Strangers. I'm trying to remember. That was uh, National Geographic. Um and yeah, a couple of my students were there. I'm like, oh my god, they, you know, <laughs> you know, blast from the past. This is a few few years later, and uh, it was, um, it, it just it, it's it kind of touches your heart. When you, yeah, you see the impact that you have on on students. Anyway. What did you call it? Saints and what? Saints and strangers. Uh, I wow. believe it was called uh, National Geographic uh, in in Manhattan. That's a great song title. I just wrote that down. <laughs> I'm always oh really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, that was uh, it was like a, I think that was the name of the pub or something like that. That they yeah. they threw this like 
five-day production production for National Geographic. Then they brought in some movie stars and stuff. Um, Anna Camp was there uh, from Picture Perfect. It was a, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool like production. Anyway, yeah. Hey, let's um, let's play everybody uh, another one. This one is called Atlantis. Atlantis, um, so cool, um, and I love the spaces and the melodies um, that are uh, interacting with with each other in there. Um, really, really cool. Um, the, you, you left a lot of air in it and a lot of playfulness and interaction. Um, can you take us down the trail of you know what were you thinking when you when you created this one? How was it feeling as it was coming together? Uh, Atlantis took a lot of work. Um... <sighs> I, it's and it's really hard to <clears throat> remake songs like that. Um, 
just because the amount of effort that it took in. But um, kind of uh, somewhat tells the narrative of my personal life, but I'm not looking to tell people. It doesn't have any lyrics, so I look, look people. I, I look for listeners to bring in their own ter- interpretation. But essentially, uh, kind of starts with this ominous intro and rises to this uh, climactic high, and uh, it's cyclical. Uh, so it goes back down into this ominous depth and back up to this uh, climactic high, and it's uh, representative of a lot of the, uh, the the ups and downs of life. And at least that's been my experience. And that, you know, the message that I that I sort of find inspiration in that song, and it's a reminder that um, you know when there are lows, you know. It doesn't doesn't mean that that after the low, there's always going to continue to be lows. There's always going to be highs, and don't get too caught up in the highs because there's there could be lows. Um, uh, you know, just sort of stay even keeled and uh, don't get overwhelmed by the storms. And uh, life is full of constant constant changes and un- unpredictable changes. I guess just sort of ride the storm and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What what is the um what what seems to be the overriding theme of of your life, Asher? As far as um, where do you take most of your inspiration from? Um, is it all through your kids? Is there other things um, that really get you up for um, creating? Like, where's your creative spirit come from? Um, I'm going to say that my fans are are my primary drive, uh, and that I try to speak to them. I try to. Um, I try to I try to inspire them as best I can through my own lens, I guess, through my unique uh, presentation. I know there's a million artists out there, and I try to make um, <clears throat> my music uniquely me. Um, and uh, but but what seems to be inspiring me regularly uh, in my music is just living life, living my own life, and kind of accepting the ups and downs and creating music around that, around those experiences and around those feelings. And it's a way of sort of expressing, you know, the angst, the calm, the happiness, the, the sadness. That's, I'm going to say. So, yeah, you know, there's also my family. They inspire my music as well. Some of, some of my music are, are covers. So you'd say, you'd say major artists inspire that as well. Um, but as far as the original, it's uh, my own life experiences and my fans. Do you have, um, uh, have you heard of, I'm sure you've heard of him, Jean-Luc Ponty? Oh, you bet. Who okay. hasn't? <laughs> um, Silly question, asking a violinist. So, you know. Well, I guess I shouldn't say who hasn't, you know, but yeah. uh, anybody who's improvised, who, who's deep into imp- improvisation as a violinist has got to know Jean-Luc Ponty. Yeah. Otherwise, shame on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my, uh, I mean, just like, I think I have most of his, his albums. I mean, just incredible performance and, and talk about just raw energy and playing with musicians like the best in the world, you know, um, just the wow. incredible stuff. Matter of fact, this interview yeah. is going to inspire me to, to listen to him again. Uh, I haven't listened to him in a while. So uh, he's a musical genius and uh, he, he got me, he gave me, I'm going to say he's one of my major influences. I was hearing um, that when you were playing. I said, I said he's got to be a Ponty fan, man. It's got to be. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so did you ever feel like, um, like, you, you know, you grew up probably in a time where, you know, there's guitars everywhere. Everybody's playing guitar and you, and mm-hmm. you chose the violin, but you play it in such a way that, um, you know, it's so out front and so aggressive and in your face. A lot of your stuff is like really very, very captivating and dominating. 
Um, did you have that vision as, you know, I can do just as much with this as anybody with a guitar can do? Uh, yeah, you're very insightful. Um, just musician and interviewer. Um, I've never had that question before, but you pretty much hit the nail. Um, I, I have felt for many years, um, as a result of performing alongside many other musicians, uh, that, that I kind of wanted more of an upfront role as a violinist. And I wasn't really interested in being in a crowd of, of strings. Right. Um, I, I, I'm just not a rank and file type of mentality kind of person. And uh, I, I don't like to attribute that to ego. Um, I just feel like I have something unique to present. And I think that the violin needs to be given more credit for what it is uh, and isn't, isn't given that kind of credit because of these pre pre um, what's the word I'm, I'm missing the word, but like preconceptions of yeah. where it's supposed to fit in, in a mix. And right. I guess I'm sort of switching that around, you know, like, so see, the, that was the long winded answer. The short winded answer is uh, yes. And, and that's why I guess you, you see me posting things, uh, you know, me playing electric guitar tones through the violin. I like to show the range and the versatility of the instrument. Well, it, you know, it, it didn't take me long. I mean, I only saw, you know, the first two videos I said, uh, this guy knows he's supposed to be out front with this, and this is this is his lead guitar. I mean, it's just there was a dominating presence, and and you know you're owning the space where you belong in, which which I so admire and appreciate. Um, but did you did you did you at some point in your younger years um, envision this is where you're going to end up with uh, with building the kind of career around? that in, instrument as a centerpiece. Did you see that like really, really early or did you just grow into it bit by bit? So the first inkling I got was, uh, I'm gonna say junior, senior year in high school when I started kind of shifting from the orchestra. I was in the front of the orchestra uh, to, you know, be more interested in the jazz band uh, because I kind of got, a, I wanted to kind of step outside of the lines of pre-written sheet music. so. That kind of gave me the idea that like okay there's more potential to the violin i did not anticipate making it a career because it was never intended uh, my, my my family members my parents never really expected me to make it a career because they didn't see it as like a stable option um but that being said they prepped me for a full-time career with all the education all the private lessons so uh, by the time i was in college it was kind of like a no-brainer you know i sent in tapes and Yes, a tape. I sent in a tape uh, to the you know, audition. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I still have a couple in the back uh, there, just because I I don't have the heart to throw it away. You know. Yeah, yeah. Sentimentality. Yeah. I and you know and like once I moved to New York, I I just uh, yeah, started playing professionally, and then that was sort of it. Just evolved from there. Where Where did you grow up? Where was home for you? Like, Upstate New York. Oh, whereabouts? Uh, Buffalo, Williamsville's oh, okay. a suburb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I love upstate New York. Go up to the Adirondacks all the time. Been going up there a lot lately. Um, just oh yeah, know, it's so peaceful. It's just beautiful up there. Yeah, it's crazy good. So let me yeah. ask you, um, what does Asher do with his spare time? Not that you have a lot of it with two little kids running around. Um, but what do you like to do? Like, do you do you like to get off mm -hmm. the path of music for a hot minute and just do something chill? Um, to relax, reading, hiking, just anything in general. Like, like what? What's your favorite thing? 
Uh, you know, I, I specifically chose, I just want to say, uh, I chose music as a career path because I didn't want to feel like I was working. Right. Because um, I knew that whatever I chose, I'd have to be doing it over time all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I gave up, you know, two other careers in order to do that and to take a bit of a risk uh, financially. Um, and that, so in that sense, I never feel like I, like, I want to stop. Right. You know, and I'm driven because, you know, I, I got to gotta pay the bills and, you know, have to, I, you know, I have to have to engage fans and <clears throat> produce contracts, that kind of stuff. But um, the music is is my hobby and my everything. But when I have a moment, uh, I, there's nothing I enjoy more than spending time with my kids, my children, my wife, uh, and strengthening, you know, my family, a family bond, and just just uh, going on trips with them. It's just like it's. <sighs> Yeah, I also I also like you know I like kind of jamming for fun with some friends, but there's nothing like really more deeply meaningful than than connecting with family and just having fun with them, because you know they're they're the ones who are, are going to be sticking around with you for for decades. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, what were the other two careers that you you kicked aside to to be music? Well, I have three degrees. I have a I have a bachelor's in biology. I have a um, a, a master's in science education. And I have a nursing degree, uh, two degrees for two of those are from NYU. Uh, and, uh, but I've been doing music way longer. <laughs> so there has been some consistency there. That's an amazing <clears throat> resume that you, you have all that going on and it must give you some deep insights into your, uh, into, into your musical world. I mean, pulling from all these other places, you know, um, getting inspiration mm -hmm. here and there. Yeah, it's interesting how I cross paths with so many people in the music in the medical industry. Um, I mean, like CEOs and like you know people that own like uh, you know nursing home chains and just like companies and f it's just I constantly bump into these people and I see them at corporate events and uh, you know they book me and I, I you know fundraisers for I'm, they're constantly in like I, I never really left the medical industry in that sense, but. I guess in terms of treating people uh, through the traditional sense, uh, I did, but you know, just interesting how everything comes back just within the context of music. Well, you know, those relationships, uh, some of them never go away, and it's it's kind of cool. I bet a lot of the people you were in those other camps with um, probably look at you with some degree of envy, saying, "This guy is doing exactly what he wants to do." You know, he he chose a path, and and look at him go on that. Let me let me ask you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Say what you're gonna say. Yeah, no, you make an interesting point. I I, I, I think some people wonder like what why I made that decision, and other people are like, oh yeah, you're doing your you're practicing your passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the um um, what I wanted to say is uh, when you're not doing music and you take those um like you, with you, it's spending your time with your family, but as a creative, um, I find that um, I even if I'm not doing music i'm i'm always writing like in my mind it never it seems to never stop i mean there's notebooks everywhere you know there's iphones there's you know and i'm always looking for title or poetry or melody or uh you know something so you know i always have a new album in my back pocket always you know and it's like and i i do the morning pages too um i had stopped for a long time and and you know i just i was explaining to somebody in my coaching program, I was talking about it. And I said, you see this loose leaf binder? I said, there's like 10 albums in this thing. It's like, yeah. and I don't even look at it because a lot of it is just, 
stream of consciousness jargon, you know, and anybody uh, looked at it say, this guy's insane. Who, who wrote this, you know? But yeah. uh, it has its place. But I, but I think as creatives and musicians, um, I don't think you're ever off the clock when it comes to, you're always looking for that, you know, that, that spark of, of creative because it, it resides mm-hmm. in everything, in your surroundings, what, what you're thinking of, where you're going, what you're looking at. Do you find uh, that to be true for you? Yeah, um, I, I sometimes have to shut it off because uh, it can get a little overwhelming. Yeah, uh, especially if it keeps me up at night, uh, and that takes a decent amount of discipline because it can get stressful. Like, you know, playing 16, 30 second notes, you know, yeah. uh, in your sleep, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, I, I, could you imagine what Paganini <clears throat> was doing? The guy probably didn't sleep at all. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the the notes that he played. <clears throat> I mean, must have been stressed out all the time. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, just having said that, uh, and and because you mentioned that, oh, you you know, I produce high energy music. <clears throat> excuse me, like Neon Dreams. I I also have been dabbling with more uh, calming music, uh, more or less in response to my fans, but I've found it to be beneficial just for myself also because uh, while I'd like it to be a front instrument, um, <clears throat> I I also I guess it's also part of displaying the. Um, just showcasing the range of the instrument as well. Um, and also uh, relaying the, the messages of calm and happiness and you know, not always being uh, hyped. Right. So I don't know. I want to throw that out too. Awesome. So, so where do you see Asher in the next five years? What are the big plans? Um, where do you think is going to be going on with you? Probably doing a lot more collaborations with, with like top notch artists. Um, as a producer, I mean, that's really my, <clears throat> that's what I'm hoping to do more of. Um, sort of, yeah, it's sort of like finding the people I want to work with or just having people work, reach out to me and just like producing some really awesome blends of like orchestral, electronic, dance, like type type music that's melodically appealing, but also a bit sophisticated and focused on more of the instrumentation. Um, but also maybe the vocals too. So right. I guess that's sort of like a, an unhelpful answer. <laughs> but I, I, I guess that more of the production side and more the, the more time to 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 do concert tours and uh, just to really connect with my fan base. And it's, I haven't had a lot of time, yeah. um, despite all the pr- productivity you'll see of me online. Like there's just a lot of um, things that kind of trip me up, slow me down. Yeah, uh, in my personal life, so <clears throat> you can't go fast enough, right? It's hard to no. keep up. I mean, it's like I know yeah. what you're saying. It's like you're trying to keep. You got a lot of balls in the air all at the same time, but you want to give them enough attention, you know, and you don't want to drop any at the same time. So it's uh, it's kind of a difficult yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Well, listen, as we're we're winding down here, Asher, I'd like to to uh, just ask you if there's anything. Uh, You'd like to say as a closing statement, prayer, a wish, uh, any any kind of you know, um, send out any kind of vibes to your fans, anything at all you'd like to say to uh, to close out our time here in the Dharmic Evolution. Um, well, what I've spent my my career's work, my life's work doing is coming to this final conclusion that you know life's pretty short, and um, it's it's most most been most beneficial for somebody like myself to find what I'm truly passionate about, uh, find that what I truly enjoy and love. It's, uh, it's, 
it's caught, it's led me to become a more loving, caring, appreciative person of just life of people around me, a happier person. I think that generally society, um, if society, uh, I guess is kind of takes a similar, similar direction where people in general are, are finding their path that makes them happy as opposed to like the daily grind that makes them unhappy just so they can like, you know, have a retirement. Um, and I understand, you know, you have to be practical, but, um, I guess my point in all this is that, um, it's important to also meet your own needs and not just like the needs of some guy who's working you to the ground. Um, and so, and I think that the ultimate message behind my music is, uh, peace, love, happiness, appreciating multiculturalism and, uh, through the many different genres of music that I produce and, uh, just, uh, that's that's the general message and that's what i do and that's what i love doing and uh, hopefully that made sense to you all <laughs> yeah great and um like i said earlier we're going to put all of your links in the show notes anybody who wants to reach out to asher please uh, support him on all the socials and uh asher i just want to thank you so much for uh being a part of the dharmic evolution and want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your career, your wife, and those two beautiful babies that you got in the house. Uh, thank you so much. That's so nice of you. And uh, to you, the same, to your kids and your grandkids, and uh, to your music. Well, that was really surprisingly awesome. Asher was um, not only an amazing musician, but what a good person, good father, and uh, a really good man in general. Please support him. Check out all the links in his show notes to access him and his music. And please join me for the Uncovering Your Purpose workshop that I'm presenting on Monday, November 21st at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Give thanks for what you have. After all, it's Thanksgiving. The link is in the show notes. Sign up now. It's limited seating. To take a ride with me Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery If wishes were windows I'd open one and find That freedom is really A simple state of mind
take you places that you never dreamed. I'll take you places that were pictures in your mind. I'll take you places beyond the reach of time. So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Take a ride.